When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And with a score of 271, the winner of the gold medal and the champion golfer of the year is Brian Harmon. Yes, indeed. What a title that is. Champion golfer of the year. So Cameron Smith handed back the claret jug. Rory McIlroy's drought continues and golf has a new champion. The 150th Open Championship has uh, all wrapped up after the challenging Royal Liverpool and all the conditions that threw at the golfers with uh, Harmon picking up his main major victory, his third win on the PGA, first on the DP. Uh, blitzing the field, actually, 13 under par. Uh, many struggled, uh, but Harmon's four days included rounds of four under, six, six under, two under, and one under. You can't beat that for consistency. He's the man who slayed uh, Tiger Woods twice in match play uh, coming up with us now, mate, folks. Uh, host of SEN's Off the Tee, plus you can hear him on Talk Birdie to Me podcast as well. It's uh, Nick O'Hearn. Nick, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, good morning, Smithy. Good to chat again. What a uh, what a an overnight uh, round of golf by Harmon. Just incredible. Oh, it is in those conditions. And I was just got to start by asking, what's with it? You with you lefties, Bob Charles in '63, uh, Phil Mickelson 2013, uh, and now we've got uh, Brian Harmon in 2023. Those uh, years that end in three, you're dangerous, you boys. Yeah, they certainly are. I wish I'd have added one there in maybe 2003, but it never <laughs> happened, unfortunately. Ben Curtis won that one. <laughs> yes, he did. And that was um, that was a real uh, turn-up for the books. Is this, is this a surprise for you? Now, this guy's been playing pretty consistent golf, actually, lately. He has, yeah. I mean, he played pretty well at the Scottish Open last week, just had a pretty ordinary final round. But uh, he's been in some very steady form. And I think the beauty of the Open Championship and Lynx Golf is it just opens up the field to a whole host of uh, contenders. And, and given, you know, it's not about length, it's more about uh, positioning your way around the golf course, Hoylake especially, as Tiger Woods showed back in 2006 when he won around there just using an iron off every tee. Um, it, uh, it really opens the field up. And, and he just, I mean, he put his... He put his uh, you know, one hand on the jug basically on Friday when he shot that incredible round of 65 and eagled the final hole to take a, what was it, a five-shot lead going into the weekend, and he just never let go. Mm. It was just so impressive. It was impressive. Uh, the other stat which uh, I find quite amazing was he missed one putt under 10 feet all week. I mean, that is incredible on the greens. It was, yeah. He was, what was he, 44 through 44 uh, after three rounds, and he went 12 holes holding everything inside 10 feet and he finally missed one but then for a, made a bogey but then he decided to booty the next two holes just to make good of it so it was a very uh, just a, a real gritty performance especially I think on the Saturday and the Sunday he, he got off to poor starts he was a couple over through five or six holes both days and uh, and you thought well maybe this is the time that that uh, things might go a bit pear-shaped. But I, I saw in a, in a post-round interview that uh, one of the motivating factors was, I think, on Saturday after his bad start, someone in the gallery said, you don't have the stones for this. So uh, I think that fired him up a bit, and he thought, well, I'll show you. And uh, and he did, but he showed everyone. 
One of the uh, factors of the course, uh, one of the telling factors, of course, are the, are the bunkers. Nick, you've played on, on these courses many, many times. Are they um, as lethal as uh, it looks from the outside? Are they a fair, uh, would you say they're a fair punishment for, um, you know, going a little bit off track or overhitting? Yeah, they, they basically uh, hold the course accountable and the players accountable, really. That, that's the thing with links golf. If you don't get you know, the bad weather that we saw, they can tear these golf courses up. But uh, when you have these pot bunkers placed very strategically around the golf course, it's it's at least a one-shot penalty, sometimes two if you go in at the wrong angle and you just can't get out of it. I mean, we saw some players in greenside bunkers where they it took two or three goes to get out of them. And uh, I, I think it's a great part about the game. And, and it is a bit, a bit luck of the draw, whether it goes into the middle or up against the face. you just got to take it. And at the end of the day, don't hit it in there. That's pretty simple. Right, OK. The the uh, next big event is uh, Teams Golf, of course. It's the United States against Europe for the Ryder Cup, and that's on at uh, the Marco Simone Golf and Country Club in Italy. Before this tournament, Brian Harmon was not even mentioned in dispatches about being in the United States team. Uh, he has to come into contention now, doesn't he, on points alone? For sure, yeah. He was more of a fringe guy, um, a, a bit of a Kevin Kisner type, I guess. I mean, he, he played in the mm. President's Cup for the uh, for the Americans last time. And, and, and Harmon's one of those, I think he'd be ideal, to be honest. He'd be a very gritty competitor. He's accurate from tee to green. That's his real strength. And, and Marco Simone, the, the, the golf course where they're going to play in Italy, demands that. They've got very, very high rough, so you need very good ball strikers. And in match play, he, I think he's the ideal, um, the ideal person to, to choose. Now, whether he makes it on points or if he'd be a captain's pick, I know Zach Johnson has a, has a host of players to choose from on the American side. And one player in particular that he's really worried about, I'd say, would be Justin Thomas because his form's been pretty ordinary of late and, and he's been a stalwart on that team for many years. So uh, he's got some thinking to do. And then on the European side, well... Again, Luke Donald, uh, it's, uh, they're, they're certainly going to be undermanned, uh, you know, if, if you look at the roster and the sheet that they're going to have. But the Europeans, they come together, and, uh, and America hasn't won on European soil in a very long time, so they'll be wanting to hold on to that. And I think it'll be a great contest. So just for the club golfer who gets frustrated week after week but always decides he wants to go back next weekend, tell us about uh, a Justin Thomas scenario here. I mean, uh, he's not exactly playing for his living anymore. I think he'd probably be financially independent anyway. But how is it that the game can leave you to this extent and where do you leave yourself at? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. It's one of the mysteries of golf. Uh, you can go out and and shoot, uh, you know, 68 one day and then shoot 78 the next as a professional golfer. I mean, we saw that, I guess, with uh, with your own Ryan Fox. He shot 78 the first day after getting off to a good start and then bouncing back with a couple of good rounds uh, in rounds two and three. So it's one of the, the, the mysteries of the game where if you're slightly off and things aren't quite going your way, all of a sudden it can uh, snowball in the wrong direction. And I think it's just become a bit of a confidence thing for Justin Thomas. But... He knows he's working on the right things. He's got the right team around him. And I think for the for the average golfer out there who plays, just remember that you're only one good swing away from playing well again. And uh, confidence once you get the ball rolling. Uh, I mean, I've had moments in my career where I thought, I'm not sure I'm ever, ever going to hit a bad, shot, a, a bad shot again. And then there's other times where I've thought, I'm not sure if I'm ever going to hit a good shot again. So uh, yeah. I think the, the, the thing to remember is it happens to everyone at every level. And uh, if you're not playing it for a living, well, I wouldn't get too fussed about it anyway because that's what handicaps are for. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. For, hey, look, four-way tie for second, including uh, Jason Day. Very good performance. 
Yeah, no, he's had a really good run this year. I mean, he was outside the top 100 in the world rankings to start the year, and now he's probably somewhere in the top 25, I would imagine, after this performance. And he's been runner-up at the Open before, and he's come very close. Uh, it was, you know, we, I think there were four players. It was uh, Strucker, Day, Rahm, and uh, Tom Kim, who had a good final round. Those four players, you know, were, were jostling for that outright second. But it, it really was a one-horse race, unfortunately, after... Harmon steadied the ship. Uh, I went to bed early after he just teed off and made one of his earlier bogeys, and I saw Rory McIlroy uh, making an early run, and I thought, well, could this be the day? But when I woke up and I saw the scores, I thought, no, Harmon just put it away. So it was very impressive. Uh, there's another one. I mean, Rory's had a, a really busy last uh, 12 to 15 months. Uh, it seems as being the flag bearer for a traditional golfer up against Liv, taking on Greg Norman and everyone, but still trying to maintain his abilities on the course. But it has been 10 years, 10 years, uh, Nick, that uh, since he's held up a major trophy. Yeah, it certainly has. I mean, I've got a, yeah, a couple of theories, I guess, as to, to what's been happening. Uh, um, you know, he's, he's a phenomenal talent, just an incredible player. Um, and, you know, the, from Peter Green, he's one of the best in the world. Obviously, the putting has let him down on certain occasions. But uh, I have to be honest, I, I really think he needs a different a different caddy. Um, he's had his best friend on the bag for probably for those nine or ten years, and he hasn't won a major with this guy. And before him, he had JP, an Irish caddy, who was a bit tougher on him. And, and I think that's what, kind of what he needs out on the golf course. I mean, he, he says differently. He says, look, it's great to have a good friend out there and we have a good chat, but it'd be fun to see him on the golf course with uh, someone like a Billy Foster type caddy who caddies for Matt Fitzpatrick and can sort of tell him, uh, tell him, tell him the tough love, I guess, when he certainly needs it. And, and maybe that might be the difference because I think a change uh, should happen in that regard. But um, Rory's his own man and he'll figure it out, I'm sure. Uh, highest finish for Henrik Stenson of uh, Tie 13. Um, the oldest uh, and best performed of uh, live golfers who don't get a lot of opportunity with their, their particular circuit to play in those conditions, do they? No, no. Well, they've made their choice. Uh, you know, when they when they went across to live, and and I'm I'm sure they're all pretty well financially happy. And 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 the way things have gone recently with the PGA Tour, they they're probably feeling very, very well justified in their decision to do it as well. But uh, I mean, Henry. Henrik had that great open win when he went toe-to-toe with Phil Mickelson uh, at Troon a number of years ago. But, uh, yeah, it was good to see him playing well. I mean, he should should have been the Ryder Cup captain, as it turned out, but he, he gave that right up uh, when he went to live. So um, whether he regrets that is another question. But, um, yeah, the live players, just uh, they, they weren't quite up there this week, which uh, which is not... not um, you know, not... Uh, it, it's one of those things that I guess w- w- was to be expected um, because they don't really play in this type of conditions. Um, you know, they couldn't play the Scottish Open last week. They haven't been playing much links golf. So uh, for them to come over and play this style after they've been playing a very Americanized style would be, uh, be pretty tough to do. Cam Smith um, finishing in a tie for 33rd uh, plus two with the last round of uh, one over. What did you make of, of his performance overall? Yeah, I think early on in the tournament, he was making a lot of par putts just to keep him in at uh, 15, 20 footers. He don't think he hit the ball that well early. And then he had some opportunities in the third round, but didn't really kick on with it. I don't think from tee to green, it was as good as he wanted. But um, he'll be disappointed because he had to hand the claret jug back at the start of the week, obviously. So Mm. uh, I think he said he got a bit emotional about that and said to his friends, well, I'll I'll have it back in a week. But uh, it wasn't to be, but he'll have many more chances to come and, 
And you, you never count him out, especially the way he puts the ball. He's probably the best putter in the world. So, uh, But I'm sure he's pretty disappointed in the whole week. Uh, I'm just watching uh, the, uh, the finish of uh, the Barracuda, which is an interesting format. Have players like that playing for a, 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 every now and then playing a, a little bit different format for points as opposed to uh, just, just straight out against the card? Yeah, it is something unique. I've, I've played that tournament uh, a few times when I was over there. It used to be in Reno. I think it's changed venues now. It's, it's still around that area near Ta- Lake Tahoe. Uh, a very unusual format because you can leapfrog people. And you, So I've seen tournaments come down to the wire where if, if you make a birdie, you win, and if you make a, a par, you lose. There is no playoff. So it's kind of a, a strange format with the points. But I think once a year, it's just something different. And uh and it's a very attacking style of golf with the uh, with the point system because you get rewarded for uh, for making more birdies and, and eagles than you are for for making bogeys and double bogeys. So I think once a year is pretty good. A bit like match play in that regard. I mean, probably once a year match play would be fun as well. But I'm not sure if that's going to be around uh, next year. Who knows? Well, uh, you can catch up with uh, Nick Ahern on SENZ's Off The T Plus. You can hear him, folks, on uh, Talk Birdie To Me podcast as well. Nick Ahern, as always, uh, great to catch up with your summation of uh, the Open Championship. Brian Harmon, a lefty like you, the new champion. Thanks for your time. <laughs> Thanks, Vinny. Cheers. See ya. Yeah, cheers. Uh, Nick Ahern out of Australia there for us, uh, folks. Always a great honour to get him on our show. Uh, what have we got uh, coming up next? Uh, well, uh, we have... Um, <coughs> Some uh, more text to read out. Uh, we've got uh, some odds updates to uh, look at. We might give you some some football op- uh, updates. There's three games on tonight, actually. Um, and then, of course, uh, we'll uh, head into the 11 o'clock news. Following that, we'll talk to Mull um, about uh, the wash-up to the Sales NBL, the Rams champions uh, down there in Christchurch, first time in 31 years. And, of course, uh, after 11.30, we must catch up with Vossi on NRL action over the weekend.